Welcome to the Feels Like 45 podcast. I'm Cade Webb, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Ragusa. Dustin, how are you doing this evening, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Just wrapping up Big 12 Media Days. Had to watch kind of a lot of that stuff on delay because I was traveling last week during those days, but all cut up now. I'm good to go. How are you? I'm doing really good. I, uh, I always have a pep in my step on podcast day, knowing that I get to end the day doing this with you. But I'll say this. The next time we meet Dustin, the Julys will start with a two. And you know what that means. We're getting close. Like, yeah, football's right around the corner. And uh, I know you're traveling. I'm traveling. I keep saying it, but we are going to look up here in a couple of weeks and it's going to be go time. And uh, I'm personally very ready for that. But uh, yeah, love, love getting to do this with you. But I I know what's coming right around the corner for us both. So, yeah, I, I'm pumped. I, I know you are. And it's it's weird. And I'm glad the listeners have kind of had a couple seasons now to kind of understand the schedule because it's <laughs> it's odd that we go straight to kind of football only after doing like a full Oklahoma State podcast. But I, it see, people seem to enjoy the football episodes. They seem to enjoy the offseason. So I think it's been going pretty smoothly. And I love that you had the idea of kind of changing the season numbers on the podcast to kind of help everybody out with that as we go forward. You kind of put a new season out it's, there. So that was a smart move by you. Well, thank you. It's actually a good point to kind of, or a good moment to point that out. We have more listeners than we've really kind of ever had. Humble brag. We'll just kind of pat ourselves on the back for that. We have new listeners. And for those of you who don't know why we do that, it's because as the seasons of the like as the sports seasons change, the podcast changes dramatically. So to what Dustin just said, here in a few weeks, we will not be doing a, you know, softball baseball roundup. There won't be that. It will be all football pretty much all the time. So uh it looks a lot different. I love it, but I love this one too. But I am very excited for football. So that's why we do that. If anybody, you know, if that wasn't clear, I think we talked about it a handful of times, but who knows? Yeah. And we kind of work basketball in towards the end, but it, it stays pretty, pretty high level football, but thank you guys for understanding. And when I said people enjoy the podcast, I actually don't know that people just have been listening to it. They could yeah. hate listen. So uh, one That's note true. on that point, Kate, Kate, the next week, our schedules are a little weird. Kate's got some stuff going on, some travel late in the week. I'm traveling for work early in the week. So we're going to record on Sunday and it probably, it might break the record. We say this every time, but it might break the record for our shortest episode. We probably won't send a questions tweet out because we're not even sure what time we're going to record, but we will get one out. We don't want to break our streak. Just wanted you guys to know schedule a little wonky until football season starts. You know what? I hope people appreciate we're not even talking about this podcast. We're talking about the next one. You guys are getting yes. so much advanced notice that the next one is going to be a little bit different. 
I mean, don't ever say we didn't think about you guys because we absolutely do. We're already dreading a short podcast. So, no, (laughs) by the way, side note, I will be in Kansas City this weekend with my brother and then Fort Worth the following weekend also for my brother. That's a bachelor party, though. So send me to our listeners. Dustin, I know you have them. I know our boy Adam Lunt probably has them, but I would love your best Fort Worth recommendations, the hot spots, if you will. Yes, please send those. I actually had some from Adam Lunt last time I went there, so I can send you those. I know my wife has some, and I've got some from some other friends, so I can send those your way, Kate, as well. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me on air. Flood the DMs, you bet. I, I'm reminding you and also soliciting, crowdsourcing some opinions. <laughs> well, if we keep doing this, this will be a long podcast. Dustin, we better go ahead and get into it. Yeah, that was uh, that was talking us. That was talking Kate and Dustin. So We could spin uh, that off, yeah. Kate, not any big time NFL news, or it, I may have missed something. I always could have missed something. I looked, I didn't really see anything notable. So we'll move straight into current OSU football. Before we talk about the Cowboys and fall camp and everything like that getting started, I wanted to note that the fall roster was released on Oklahoma State's athletics website, okstate.com. Also, they did a complete revamp to that website, Kate. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. It tripped me out because I was on it. I think while they released it, I had it up. So I was extremely confused when that happened, but it's it's really cool looking. You should go check it out. Roster released. Okay, the only two things I thought were notable from that, DeAndre Jackson, not listed. We mentioned that on here. Robert Allen reported, I want to say a month and a half, two months ago, that he was no longer on the team. It sounds like he is still in school, but no longer on the team. And then the other notable item is all the incoming freshmen that we expected to be on there from the committed class are there, all the guys that weren't there in the spring, except for our guy, Isaiah Kima, who is taking the two-year LDS mission so that he's the one person from that committed class that won't be on the roster, but everybody else is there. No big surprises. It looked like It looked like they were still updating some of the heights and weights maybe, but... That was all I really had. Takeaway and Kate, that's probably the smallest takeaway I've ever had from a roster release because it feels like there's always something crazy that happens. Well, I, I have one, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, and forgive me if we did, but did you know Jaden Bray is going to wear number five next year? I, I did. The only reason I know that is because I tweeted out that number change table. That I made. So when you, they yeah, the you're way roster. you're ahead of me too. And I, I <laughs> might have known this, but I didn't know if you and I talked about it. I don't think we talked about it. I on don't here. think we so either. Didn't. So yeah, I love it. What's your take on it? It's outstanding. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and a, a dark horse, great number change. Jaden Nixon to number three. That's fantastic. So yeah, uh, I always love the number changes. That's my only takeaway. But uh, you already took it away from me. So uh, sorry about that. Speaking of number changes, I was going to hit this when we talked about the Big 12 Media Days, but Colin Oliver, he was one of the guy, one of the poor guys there for Oklahoma State at Big 12 Media Days, which took place last Wednesday and Thursday. He noted that Justin Wright is number 30. They asked, he got a question about Justin Wright wanting to take that number from Colin Oliver, who wears number 30. Currently at Oklahoma State, Justin Wright transferring in from Tulsa. He said he told Justin he would give him the number, and I think they just decided Colin could keep it. But 
he said he didn't say what number, but he said if he would have given it away, he would have switched to single digits. And I kind of wish he would have given it away now. Man, Colin Oliver wearing like number seven would be incredible. Yeah, I, I would have absolutely loved that. So that that was just a quick side note. And speaking of those current Cowboys, they have two more weeks, I believe. That means two more sets of stadium step, steps, six metabolic workouts. Then they take a short break. I think it's just a few days and report back for fall camp on Tuesday, August 1st with the first practice on Wednesday, August 2nd. I think they will have 20-ish real practices until that home opener on September 2nd against Central Arkansas. So, Kate, as we mentioned in the open, it's here. That's kind of the schedule as we go forward. I don't think we'll get a ton of news out of these last kind of two weeks of workouts. Obviously, the dead period still going on. Football news is probably going to come to almost like a complete halt, and then it's going to fully ramp back up when these guys get in for fall camp. We'll have people we know at Extreme Camp, might even have somebody come on after Extreme Camp to talk about their time there and maybe give us a little insight from the camp. But it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. Yeah, I, I can't wait. You know me. I love spring camp. And I love fall camp. Fall camp, though, is where you start to hear a little bit. Stuff starts to trickle out. Spring camp, everything's roses. Not that fall camp won't be, but it starts to feel a little more concrete. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I, Robert Allen on his radio show, he's had a bunch of the coaches on. I guess Coach Gundy, he was saying Coach Gundy lets him talk to the coordinators and the assistants during this time period, this kind of break period. He's had, I think he's having Charlie Dickey on tomorrow. He had Nardo on. We talked about him having Coach Gundy on himself, Coach Dunn. He had Brian Nardo on. He said the players going through those walkthroughs with the balls. The coaches aren't allowed to be out there when they have the balls and walking through everything. But he said, Corey Black's texting him, asking him about the offense did this, we did this, we checked to this. Is that correct? And just that kind of stuff just gets me fired up heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's also extremely hot so i i don't i'm not a little jealous of the guys on the turf field it's like 110 outside that's kind of brutal yeah i'd be asking to do those stadium steps at like 3 a.m as opposed yeah, to I for think sure like i wouldn't have gone something. to bed yet that's at the tail end of the day for me so big 12 media days cade we know this has been covered pretty heavily. We're almost a full week removed from it so we won't spend a ton of time there was some things we have to hit because we didn't get to talk about it yet. We had to record it before them last week due to my schedule. So I appreciate UK dealing with that. But Brett Yormark started things off, and I think a lot of people thought he was going to announce something crazy, new members into the Big 12. And he really kind of kept it pretty chill. Not a lot of notable stuff from his opening remarks. He showed a cool video. I think they... They actually played that video two times, which is kind of funny. The only, I mean, really the biggest notable thing is that they're continuing their agreement with Jerry World moving forward to have the Big 12 championship game in Dallas. They're going to have a halftime show, which he made sound like was going to be a pretty big deal, maybe a big artist for that. What odds do you give Nelly Furtado on that? <laughs> I was trying to think. I, I honestly have no idea who it would be. You know, his ties to Rock Nation, your marks, maybe somebody from that label, not not a Jay Z, but yeah. some somebody else there. So uh, but Cade, was there anything 
else you really had from your Mark's opening statements? He he said they have an expansion plan, but they're not ready to reveal it yet. They're not really anything huge from him in, no. in, in far as noteworthy as, I as think, I'm concerned. I think everything everybody's kind of waiting on the Pac-12 to, you know, uh, sounds like they're not going to get a media deal. So I wasn't surprised, or at least done anytime soon. I wasn't surprised that there was no expansion news. I will say, though, they kind of teased on social media that something big was coming, and then it was just media days. So uh, that I didn't appreciate because the eyeball emojis mean <laughs> something to me. So uh, I didn't appreciate that, but I thought, I think your mark is just perfect for this conference right now is what I'll say. He handles the media. Great. Um, He's very eloquent. I think he threw a really nice subtle jab at OU in Texas, but was respectful about it, which I wouldn't have even been, but that's his job to be that. So I think he's great. I think he did a great job, but no, I don't have any real, uh, you know, burning takeaways from it. Yeah. I I think we just moved straight into the, the man of the hour and the guy who kind of stole the show as he seems to do (laughs) always coach Gundy felt like he talked for an hour. I think somebody did say that's the longest he's ever gone. I I don't know if that's a true fact or not. I can't, I can't remember. It feels like he always is putting on a show up there. We've seen, well, let's just get this over with at the beginning, Cade. We've seen every media outlet, local media outlet cover this podcasts, newspapers, blogs, it just everywhere it's been covered. But he was asked, I don't know, 20 questions about Bedlam. He gave some pretty funny, thoughtful, I think at times, and just basically his overall responses, but his overall point was it was OU's fault they left. You know, Oklahoma State shouldn't be held to anything. And no, he doesn't see them playing anytime soon because they have their non-conference schedule planned out 15 or so years so kid what what, did you have any takeaways from this i don't want to spend a ton of time on it but i definitely wanted to get your thoughts i try to talk as little about ou as possible on this podcast but i feel like we have to hit this for a second i I appreciate your moral code um I, i don't have any new takeaways because it's exactly what i've been saying my my take on the situation is well documented uh we've talked about it on this podcast several times We've tweeted about it. Um, I I fully agree with Mike Gundy. And, you know, what I love about it is that it continues to trigger an, the OU online fan base that like every time he talks about it, it's we're doing it again and we're doing it again and everybody's freaking out. So the one thing I'll say is like, you know, I think the Bedlam rivalry is at its, you know, boiling point like it's as heated as it will have ever been because of this and that makes me kind of think i might miss it after this because if oklahoma state whoops ou in in stillwater on november 4th i may want another shot at him but at the end of the day (laughs) uh i don't have any uh new takeaways or disagreements with what mike gundy said i i i still think he's spot on and I love how honest he is about it. That's what I'll say. I he he could very easily give the you know party lines uh, talking points like Brent Venables is going to do. But I appreciate Mike Gundy's openness. Um, he's somewhat aloof at times, but I personally appreciate that about him. So, yeah, I agree. And man, these guys, these coaches get some dumb questions <laughs> when they're up there. I mean, Kirk Bowles, but. I, you know, as a longtime reporter in Austin for the Longhorns, 
asking him specifically if he thinks Texas deserves to be number one heading into the season? Did he ask every coach that? I don't think he did. It's a great question. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he has been there for so long. But it's like, what what are you asking? I mean, yeah. Are you taking a poll live? Is that what you're doing? (laughs) It's just, you know, and then to get that Bedlam question, I think he got three different versions of that question while he was up there. It's like, guys. And he's had it 20 other times uh, during the offseason. And, you know, it was funny. I I had the pleasure of accidentally uh, tuning into the sports animal on the drive home here and Traber talk about uh, Mike Gundy not wanting to come on the sports animal. It's like, what are you going to ask him? Are you going to ask him the exact same thing that everybody else has been asking and he has to repeat himself? Like, if I'm Mike Gundy, I'm I'm looking for less media exposure. Yeah, exactly. It would be – I know I would get annoyed, so he's a better man than me in that regard. Kid, he, he said a couple of things that were interesting, football-worthy and just in general. The, the next one I kind of wanted to hit with you, what did you think about him saying he could see himself coaching for 10 more years? <laughs> it was kind of a – it wasn't like – that was the main takeaway from the quote. I don't think that wasn't like the point he was trying to get across. I don't think, but he threw out the number 10. We know he loves throwing out numbers. Do you believe 10 more years? Uh, I don't know, man. I could go either way. I could see him retiring in two, or I could see him going for 20 truly because yeah. And I think it will, it will all be at Oklahoma state. I think he loves it here. Um, But I, I will be just curious to see how the next five years go for him. You know, he's, he's in what you're 18 now, uh, something like that. You lose count after a certain time, he deserves the benefit of the doubt, but it seems like nobody's willing to give that to him except maybe his own administration. And frankly, maybe that's all that matters to him. But if, if it was me, I would be so sick and tired of winning 10 games and getting zero for it. I think there's probably some uh, pride in that, you know, continually underappreciated. And maybe that's what keeps him going. He seems to have a chip on his shoulder, doesn't he? I mean, maybe maybe all of this NIL realignment, OU leaving the conference, maybe this has reinvigorated him because I always thought he would be, you know, 60 years old when he retires, but that may not be the case. Yeah, and I think he likes this CEO role that he talks about all the time, kind of being that CEO of the entire football program at Oklahoma State. Another thing, Cade, you know, Gage Gundy apparently is going to go off to Florida and be in an academy for baseball. We we saw him not get drafted. Gunner only has a few years left at Oklahoma State. When all the kids are gone, you'd think he'd kind of want to just keep going with the coaching (laughs) now that he's not throwing BP to gauge anymore, you know, (laughs) playing catch with gunners. You would think, right? I, I, I love that point. Maybe, maybe the kids being out of the house is a breath of fresh air. I also wonder if he can see, you know, an opportunity for Oklahoma state over the next decade to really, do maybe some of what they have not been able to do when when more conference championships make a college football playoff. Um, I don't think he'll be done until he does that. I I I have kind of always thought that. Yeah, I, I think you know, getting another conference championship, getting a playoff berth, that may seal the deal for him, like you just pointed out. But I, I think he, I think that's driving him right now for sure because he got the taste of it in 2011. I think he wants to keep moving forward. And speaking of moving forward as far as conference championships goes and teams go, 
the, the most confusing in the one I had next up here, Cade, he was asked about the quarterback situation and anything you can share. He was asked if he could share anything about the quarterback competition. He said, not really. They've worked hard. They're out there. We're rotating guys with ones, twos, threes. They're getting a lot of work. We'll run this thing through half a fall camp somewhere in that area. And if we know what direction we want to go, we'll make a decision at that time. Basically paraphrase the end there. He even says in there, I don't, I don't know why I wouldn't tell the truth. If that wasn't the truth, I don't have anything to gain or lose from it. Kate, look, <laughs> I, I was at practice. Our, our buddy, our extreme camp buddy was at another practice and Robert Allen has been at every practice. All three of us have kind of the same take that Alan Bowman is QB one and Garrett Rangel has improved. Gunnar Gundy is still there. He's still working. St. Flores looks great. He's obviously got some things to work on coming in as a true freshman as far as on field and just body in general, but Bowman is QB one. And I'm not sure what the same. I have the same sentiment as Gundy, but I don't know why he answered in that way. What does he have to gain or lose from this? Just announce Alan Bowman is QB one. Yeah. Especially when you roll out there week one against central Arkansas, your Alan Bowman is going to be the starter. I mean, I have no doubt about that. I was trying to think of maybe some gamesmanship uh, for that Arizona state game potentially. But again, I, I told you this a couple weeks ago, I have that circled as a a big game on the schedule, even though Arizona state's probably not going to be very good. They're going to be up for that game. Maybe just trying to see through it because I totally agree with you. I don't see what he has to gain or lose by uh, just simply saying that Alan Bowman's going to be the starter. Maybe, maybe Rangel has surged, but you, we don't believe that to be the case and think it's Alan Bowman's job. So, yeah. And, and I do like Garrett Rangel looked a lot better, especially as far as accuracy wise. And, you know, on the roster, it shows he put on what, like nine yeah. pounds, but yeah. you could see it when you were out there. Like he looked thicker, in better shape college football power five level ready body at this point now. And I'm sure it'll just continue to improve in that area with coach glass. Kid, I don't really have anything else on Gundy specifically, unless you did, but I kind of wanted to move into the players unless you had any other takes on his quotes. It's a lot of stuff we've heard. We've talked about it on here. He just did that interview with Robert Allen like two weeks ago. And Robert asked him a lot of the same questions that these guys asked him. So we've talked about a lot of this, but, Brennan Presley was up there. Let's start with him because I thought he maybe had the the least notable quotes. Love Brennan Presley. That's your guy for yep. sure. He he won you like every prediction, preseason <laughs> prediction from last season over me. But I just not a ton of notable stuff. They asked him about going to San Diego with Alan Bowman. He kind of had some funny, funny responses to, to that. He said, Alan hit us up, like you guys trying to go to Cali. And he said, Yeah, we went, but it was really just the same as working out in Tulsa. He appreciated Alan Bowman doing that. He mentioned that he tried to put on some weight and struggled. So he's kind of just started to focus in other areas. And the first one he noted was catching the football. We know he's had some, not so much catching, I don't think his times, but holding on to the football. So I was glad that that was the first thing that he pointed out. I didn't really have a ton of other notable things from Brendan Presley, even though I loved listening to him. No, what I found incredible was him talking about being unable to put some weight on. I mean, he's such a, a freak athlete. It doesn't shock me, but he has a love affair with candy. 
and it's on on record. I if I was Coach Glass, I just I know it's all clean nutrition's critical, but have a have a king size, you know, Milky Way. If you're if you're really trying to throw five pounds on, that'll get it there pretty quick, I would think. Yeah, I agree. And it actually makes me mad when he talks about that because Kate, I, I think I've said it on here. I have a weird obsession with candy. I can't be around it. And if I eat it, I gain a pound per piece. Dude, I discovered, well, I, I don't even need to go into it, but I think you and I have a similar problem. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even be in the same room, but outside of Presley, the next guy I wanted to talk about, and he was my favorite, Preston Wilson. He, I think he went the longest and I, he definitely had the most noteworthy clo- quotes. I do think he also got some of the best questions listening to it. And again, I listened to all these like yesterday because I didn't get to listen to them. So they're all kind of fresh in my mind. But Preston Wilson, the first thing that he got asked about was just how he's feeling body-wise. He had, I think he had like nine injuries he played through last year. He said he did some stem cell injections from the bone marrow in his hip. He did that last year and he did it again this year. They kind of asked him about that process, how Oklahoma State approves that. But he said it's got his body feeling great. He's done. He's got into yoga now to increase some of that flexibility. It sounds like he went through and figured out what kind of was ailing him, looked up remedies for that, and did all of them. He said it's the best his body's ever felt. A lot of guys say that, NFL, college, going into the season, but he kind of gave reasons yeah. why it felt so good. I thought that was pretty awesome. What did you think about our guy doing some yoga? Well, he stopped short of saying he hung out with Aaron Rodgers over the offseason. I mean, with all these <laughs> homemade remedies, I would have thought where you – I thought I knew where you are headed, but uh, – Some psychedelics? Yeah, some some huasca. Uh, no. Yeah, I I really like that, and I can't imagine the physical toll that takes place on a Division One lineman who's trying to keep weight on. You know, a lot of these guys drop weight after they get out of school because they're eating a ridiculous amount trying to maintain this. So I, I one, I applaud him for that because uh, it's it it's got to be just an added strain. To be like, okay, well, not only do I have to eat, I have to lift, I have to work out, I have to, you know, practice. Now I've got to, you know, add some f- mobility exercises, some bone marrow, what, whatever it was that you said, uh, into this. Uh, I, I, I applaud that. That's that's commitment. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And you know, he got another. The, the, you know, I made fun of the some of the questions that Coach Gundy got. The media did a great job asking Preston Wilson questions. So shout out to the. I, I, it was mostly local Oklahoma guys as well, I believe, asking these. So shout out to them. They asked him about the offensive line and just kind of with the injuries, with the poor play from last season, what they did this offseason to work on that. He and he Preston Wilson had answers for that. He said. They got into the film room really early with Coach Dickey. They had extra meetings with Coach Dickey individually. They changed some of the drill stuff they've been doing. They've added more drills, different drills, as far as offensive line drills go. As far as workouts go, he said Coach Glass kept it the same. And we've heard a little bit mm-hmm. in the offseason about maybe some disconnect between Coach Glass and Coach Dickey on you know, maybe working out the same muscle that's getting drilled that day. I don't know if that's leading to injuries. You know, I'm not a sports, I'm not a sports medicine, sports doctor, but it sounds like that's all been kind of cleared up. 
the extra film sessions, extra metabolics, extra drill work. It that's the stuff you want to hear. And the way he rattled it off, he's obviously not making that up or he's a great liar. I think anyone, any Oklahoma State fan needs to go listen to this Preston Wilson interview because I know the offensive line is a huge worry. And listening to him talk about these things made me, again, I'm maybe not as worried. I know know I'm very positive, but made me less worried going into next season about the offensive line. How many times do you think Oklahoma State runs it on week one? 45,000. I'll give you 45 as the, (laughs) as the, the line over. I think they might run it more than that. I think they're going to run it a lot. I think every back might get 20 carries or three of them. (laughs) I I hope so. I want to see some road grading going on. I'm, I'm so ready as I know so many OSU fans are. And you don't want Alan Bowman to take a huge shot in week one. Also, I know we were joking around a little bit, but I, I do think it's a great point. Speaking of that, he mentioned, he mentioned zone schemes. So again, Caden, I've been trying to preach this. They're not going to go 90% gap after being a 99% zone team for the past like six years. So he did mention zone. He mentioned the gap schemes. He said he's really excited to see how we're going to implement the new runs, designs, and new plays this season. It's going to be used to our advantage, and we should see a lot of great things out of our run game this season, especially nice. from an offensive line perspective. I mean, okay, these the quotes that Wilson were giving, like, these are what the Oklahoma State fans, I think, were wanting. These kind of quotes yeah. from somebody about the offensive line. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Preston's the leader up there. He's been, he's been around for, I I would say, without having looked it up, the longest of anybody on the current offensive line. Um, yeah, you definitely want to hear that. I would also say you're going to want to back it up. Within two weeks, you're going to want to see that come to fruition. I know I will for sure. I love it right now. I want to see it. Week one, and if not, week two. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's great to hear, especially after right before that, there was that graph released by Sports Info Solutions showing Oklahoma State's designed rushes that had a blown blocking assignment. They were like eight wor- the eighth worst in Power 5 and second worst in the Big 12. So to hear Preston Wilson know that they had issues there and are working on things to improve that, that was great. The last thing he really got asked about was guys leaving. All the players got asked about the transfer portal. I thought his response was probably the most truthful and best. Not saying the other guys were lying, but a lot of them just said they wish all those guys the best. They're going to be rooting for them when they play against them. Preston Wilson said he wishes all those guys the best, but if they didn't want to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy, he didn't mm. want them on his team. And I I love that. Preach. Preach. I love that. So. Great stuff there. Uh, the last two guys we can talk about kind of quickly. Great interviews, just not as much notable stuff. Colin Oliver, he mentioned Kendall Daniels being a beast, said he's improved his tackling, which is good to hear. He also brought up Justin Kirkland. He said, dude is like 300 pounds, something like 6'2". He's like a big bowling ball. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does on the field. As a person, he's a joyful guy. Awesome to hear him just yeah. kind of – I don't even think the question was about Kirkland, so it's awesome to hear him – bring that up. All the guys talked great about Alan Bowman. And he said, you're going to see a whole lot more blitzing this season from the defense. So that, that sounds great. I mean, he's kind of showing the hand a little bit there, but I love it from Colin. <laughs> Cause he, I think he knows he can get there. Uh, I did Kate. One thing I wanted to call it to you from Colin Oliver. They asked him about the NCAA video game. 
his thoughts on, you know, kind of getting paid for it and all that stuff. And he goes, I think it's just cool to be in the game, right? which I do think obviously they should get compensated for it, but I love that. I love that take from Kyle. Man, I, I, I don't know if this poll has been done, but I would venture to guess upwards of 90% of these guys think that way. Um, yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. You want them to get compensated, but man, I just, I'm sure they want the game to come out just like everybody else does. So exactly. Yeah. Last note from Oliver or sorry, sorry. Let's move to Corey black. Two notable things from Corey black, our guy, Corey black, you know, he kind of disappeared at times last year, but he also made some big plays. You and I thought going into the season, he's one of our favorite players on the defense. So we want him to, we're expecting another big year from him said one thing that you and I already knew from the film breakdown on coach Nardo the corners are playing a little bit more in the run game. So that might mean more of that cover two type defense where they're in the flats and they're setting kind of the edge out there on the run. So you've got to be a good tackler. Your Cam Smith's, your Corey Blacks, your Kenneth Harris is your DJ McKinney. So I thought that was interesting. Speaking of Kenneth Harris, this was my second note for Corey Black. He talked, they asked him about guys on the in the secondary who can make plays. He mentioned the usuals. And Daniels, Rawls, and he brought up Cam Smith. But the next two guys he mentioned were Kenneth Harris, the Arkansas State transfer corner, and Nick Sessions, ah. safety that we haven't seen a ton, played a little bit last year. But Nick Sessions getting thrown out there as kind of that next guy from him I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, not a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast at all. Um, I think has played sparingly in special teams duty. And then Kenneth Harris, obviously the grad transfer, uh, Really an interesting guy in Kenneth Harris. I, I like his film. Um, I don't know where he slots in this year immediately. I think it's obviously primarily a reserve, a reserve backup role. But I think if they're talking about him like that, clearly he's shown something good, um, which, I mean, that's great. You need depth at corner, especially in this conference. So, Yeah, I agree. Okay, that's all I have. You want to hit a couple of quick recruiting notes before we move on? Sure do. Awesome. So the dead period, like I said, extends until July 24th. So July 25th, Oklahoma State has those camps coming up, I think, that next week. And then you'll start to see some more visits. One big notable item from recruiting, but we don't have to stay on it very long because we kind of knew it was going to happen. Luke Webb commits. The 2024 defensive lineman, 6'3", 280, out of Deer Park High School, three-star, number 51 defensive lineman, number 87-rated player in Texas. And, Cade, if you look at just the 247 ratings, not the composite, he is the highest-rated player in the 2024 class now. This was one where we saw him on that graphic that all the recruits were tweeting out, and then the commitment comes like three or four days later. We talked about him a lot last week. He made his official visit back in April, the 14th through the 16th. He's another defensive commit for Brian Nardo. He took an official to Cal in June. He had offers from Arizona, Houston, Indiana, Kansas, Oregon State, SMU, Tulane, Washington State. But he said Oklahoma State, the facilities and the campus were nice and all, but what stood out to him the most was how genuine, honest, and nice the staff and the community are. Love to hear that. We sit a lot with these recruits saying that about Stillwater. He's a guy who's primarily played the nose tackle spot in a three down. 
this past season, but he said that now that they have a kind of bigger guy that can fill that nose spot on his high school team, he's going to be playing a lot more defensive end. And he thinks that's where Oklahoma State is going to use him. He was the District 22 6A Defensive Player of the Year after 52 tackles, 11 for loss, and three sacks. And this is a guy, Cade, that I love. Huge addition. They don't. I don't think they really have a defensive lineman with his versatility yet in this class. And you got to have those guys with this three-down look that they're in now with Nardo. Fantastic breakdown. The only thing I wanted to say was I wanted to give you something, and it's your flowers. Nice catch on the graphic last week. You called this, so nice job. Oh, yeah, for sure. So great stuff there from Webb. A couple other just quick announcements, Cade. Kadavian Dotson, we talked about him on here a lot. He's the 2024 defensive back from Duncanville. Four-star guy. He put OSU in his top five along with LSU, SMU, TCU, and Texas. And he will be announcing his commitment this Sunday at 4 p.m. It looks like all signs point to SMU, and I think LSU actually might be in second. It's great for Oklahoma State to be included. It would have been awesome for them to land Dotson, but I don't see it happening. But it would be great to be surprised. I I love surprises, but you know me. I, I follow your lead in the, in this realm. <laughs> we kind of talked about him a couple of weeks ago that this felt like a little bit of a long shot, even though they had made the cut. I do love making top fives for four-star, uh, you know, defensive backs though. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's trending up as far as Oklahoma state recruiting, being including these Nardo, getting these guys, just being a first year, power five defensive coordinator with no experience. So it's pretty awesome. And the last note on recruiting Cade, this one isn't about a specific player. But Robert Allen mentioned in a Pokes Report article that the six senior linemen who all have a COVID year, and I'll name them off in a second, left to use for next season, not this upcoming, but the next, he said that a majority of them are planning to come back and use that COVID year. So that's Jake Springfield, Joe Mahalski, Taylor Materko, Dalton Cooper, Preston Wilson, and Cole Birmingham. Wait, is this why Oklahoma State maybe isn't going as hard after some of these 2024 offensive linemen and they only have two commits in the class? I know they've missed on some guys, so I'm not saying this is the complete reason, but maybe they're waiting to have a huge class in 2025 and they're just going to take some portal guys this year because they know they're going to get three or four of these dudes back. Your logic checks out. My only question would be, is that the right thing? Like, are we... We really ready to say that the guys that you just listed off and, you know, they've done some good things and they've all, you know, struggled individually in their own regard. Are we, are we really ready to say that we're not going to take a normal class because of those guys wanting to come back? That would be my only, you know, catch is, okay, are we, are we sacrificing quality over experience and experience matters like point blank experience in the system matters on the offensive line. But I mean, my point's been made and I, you know, I, I, I'm sure that they've got, they're thinking of this the right way. That would be the only threat to success there. No, it's a great point. And I love that counterpoint to my take because I was hoping you were going to go somewhere in that direction because I do think they obviously still need more offensive linemen because how often do you see the true freshman offensive linemen start anyway? You just want to get these guys in the system and get them going with coach glass. 
But I did want to call that out because it sounds like Oklahoma State's going to maybe even have a super experienced line two seasons from now as well. So interesting stuff. And Cade, that's all I have for recruiting. And I think that wraps up football. It's fantastic. Dustin, we're so close. I mean, three more weeks of this and then we'll be talking about fall camp. Let's take a quick break before we get to basketball in the roundup and hear a word from one of our sponsors. Check out Homefield Apparel's new Oklahoma State line. I don't know if you have. I know Dustin and I both are rocking the new Homefield Apparel shirts that have just gone live on their website at homefieldapparel.com. I mean, the curse of cowboys across the chest is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you guys have seen the Pistol Patty t-shirt, but it is great as well. And Homefield Apparel is doing phenomenal stuff, even outside of Oklahoma State sports. If you go on their website right now, you can see potential future Big 12 members, Colorado, with a throwback t-shirt on their website. I'm just a big fan of Homefield stuff, and the quality is unbelievable. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. And when you use our promo code feels 12 you actually will get a discount. That's right. Feels 12. We'll get you 15% off your first order when you use our promo code feels 12 at homefieldapparel.com. Check them out right now and tell them that the feels like 45 podcast. All right, Dustin, I'll kick it to you for a couple of notes on the hardwood. Okay. Really just one here. There were a couple of recruiting notes, but I think we can hit those when we get a few more and just kind of do a little rundown. So there were some rumors last week, late last week. We know Oklahoma State is looking for another assistant coach. There's been some shuffling around. I believe it's not one of the like main assistants like Keaton Page got promoted to in Larry Blunt's spot, but one of those other guys that might be in a suit on the bench. And the other thing that we know is that Doug Gottlieb was in Stillwater posting on Instagram at the same time, we heard Oklahoma State was interviewing candidates for that assistant coach spot. So we're just putting two and two together. Did Doug Gottlieb interview for an assistant coach spot at Oklahoma State, Gabe? Tune in next week for the answer. I, I think Hypothetically, so. what's your take on that? Hypothetically, so? it's, there's so many layers to that onion. Uh, it's still Mike Boynton's staff. That weirds me out a little bit. The flip side of it is I know Doug loves Oklahoma State. I mean, if there is a guy that advocates for that university and is at the level of notoriety that he is, I I would think that there's not very many like him in that regard. And I think he, as we've said for years, the feather in his cap would be he'd be great in a room, right? He'd be great trying to get a guy to fall in love with Stillwater. But... We also have said he's never coached at a level like this. So if you're talking about putting him behind the bench or, you know, last guy on the bench, I think I could go for it. Um, I just think the dynamics are beyond strange. I think I would be a little excited about it, but I would also be, um, man, it, it, it could go poorly. It's kind of a weird spot to put Coach Boynton in. Agreed. If that happens as well because – a lot of people wanted Doug to be the head coach when the job was open. 100%. And now you're putting him on the bench with Coach Boynton. If this season doesn't go well, 
how many people are you going to think to say, you know, get rid of Coach Boynton and let Doug just run this program? Am I am I incorrect in thinking that the the Doug Gottlieb to Stillwater thing was two years in a row? Like it started the year they hired Brad Underwood, did it not? Or yeah, was it yeah. only yeah? So like yeah, you're, you're right. exactly right. There's there is a little too much um, context there for my liking. Um, but I mean, maybe it's nothing and maybe we're putting two and two together that aren't two and two. And, uh, who knows? I don't, I don't think that to be the case necessarily, but I, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And from a just kind of personal standpoint, you and I love Duck Gottlieb. Yeah. You know, he's a guy we talked about possibly having on the podcast. Well documented. Yeah. So he, he has been nice to us in conversations we just think this may be a weird situation to put coach Boynton in all around if it happens though I don't know if I would say I would hate it kind of like you said like there would be some excitement there to kind of see what he could do you know as a recruiter as a player developer just all around as a uh, you know, continuing his advocacy for Oklahoma State now being at the university full time. But it's also just kind of a weird career move for Doug, who has a job right now on radio with podcasts and everything. So, uh, all of that just odd. We just wanted to call it out because it popped up and we know we have two facts <laughs> of the matter. So, we wanted to call it out. We got two facts. So we got two mics. Let's let's have a podcast. <laughs> That's a cool. That'd be a cool podcast name. Yeah, yeah. We could spin that off too. We got no shortage of podcast ideas. But yeah, so okay, that was really all we had for basketball. We just wanted to call it out. We can move on to the roundup. We're not saying we know anything more than what we just told you guys. Yeah, and let me just put a a pin in it. I'm a Doug Gottlieb guy. I I am a big fan. I just uh, worry about the ramifications of having him on the same bench with, you know, a bunch of disgruntled Oklahoma State fans watching, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Maybe not the best season for this to happen. Yeah. Do it next year. Cool. Well, or, all right, let's Justin, move. before we go, yes. sorry. <laughs> Let him do NIL. Would he not be perfect for that? Oh, he'd be so good. He'd be I mean, so I- good. Does it? Doesn't Coach Henson do that though? Coach Henson does it currently. I'm not so saying you're gonna fire him. And I, I, no, I can't fire no. him. No, uh, just like Doug Gottlieb has been very kind to us in the past, Coach Henson has also been very kind to us. But can we have a team? Can we put yes. those two guys together? I'm sure Let's some great things could happen. And kid, you know, you know, would we'd love to get for basketball right now another shooter. <laughs> well, maybe those two guys in a room together could figure it out for us. Because uh, I agree. Awesome. Well, yeah, because we know Doug Gottlieb is not the shooter that we want for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a good thing having him in the NIL room. I mean, maybe we can get a little, uh, you know, point guard tutorial. I mean, you know, Javon Small with Doug would do great from a point guard yes. perspective, facilitator. We don't need him teaching free throws. Do not. Do not need him doing that. Okay. On to the roundup. Quick softball note, we're not going to spend a long time on it because we talked about this. This was one we actually heard in advance was going to happen. Terry Eberle officially joins the staff as the pitching coach. Folks report is reporting 
that like the fact that they that Robert Allen wrote this in an article makes me feel like he felt pretty confident in it that this was directly related to Kelly Maxwell entering the transfer portal. She had no interest in being coached by Carrie Everly. She wanted a more experienced coach. I I I guess I understand the I mean if if Kelly Maxwell does not go to OU, I think I get that part of it. I still would have loved her to stay. If she doesn't go to OU, we're hearing maybe Florida is in the mix now. I completely understand where she's coming from. I'm not saying she made the right decision. You know, one player can't be bigger than the team, but I completely get it. On the other hand, Harry Everly was awesome, not only at Oklahoma State, but at Virginia. Lipscomb wasn't the best while she was there at the pitching coach, but if Kenny feels good about it, to get someone like Everly that's this young on your staff as the pitching coach, if she does well, you can hang on to her for a while. So yeah. uh, I see the pros and cons of both sides of it. But I, I am excited to see what Everly can do moving forward. Yeah, you broke that down uh, perfectly, Dustin. I mean, is it is it one year of Kelly Maxwell, or could you take fifteen with Carrie Everly? Right. It's a it's a great call out from you. Um, I would also say, nice call. You were on this again, very early, very nice call. I have some flowers for you in that regard too. <laughs> I I would love for Kelly Maxwell to go to Florida. That's the last thing I'll say. I, at that point, I'd wish her all the best, but just don't go to Norman. I'm assuming Coach Gajewski still has connections at Florida because he was there, right, for a little bit coaching. Yeah. Is that right? I I, yeah. I can't claim to know that. I, I think that's where he was before Oklahoma State, so okay. as an assistant, and I think they won it when he was there. So I, I think, I'm sure he has some connections there. It, that would be a cool kind of, you know, I guess – I think they still have a good relationship, so I think he would prefer that over OU, obviously. But we'll kind of see how that ends up. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it locked in here, but we're we're not going to talk Kelly Maxwell anymore until she doesn't go to OU. Then we'll then we'll bring her back. Yeah, I think that's a great so, idea. Baseball, Cade. Several notes. Uh, we'll do MLB draft and signings, but first one, our guy. Yes. We told you to be on the lookout. Christian Encarnacion Strand finally gets called up. Caden and I have been here watching him in the minors all along for the Louisville Bats, where he was hitting 331 with 20 home runs and 62 RBIs. And Caden, I'm pretty sure he missed some games with a back injury, so still had 20 home runs, not even, you know, a little bit more than halfway through the season. He played last night, two plate appearances at the DH. He was in the seventh spot in the lineup. I think he flied out and won it bad. I don't know exactly what he did in the second at bat but he got some love on sports center because he's broken the record for longest name at 27 characters long wow christian incarnacion strand and they decided to remove the strand it's just incarnacion on the back of the jersey if they would have kept it it would have been the longest baseball name on the back of a jersey that's insane the only guy that I can remember even sniffing that, Jared Salta Lamacchia. Shout out to the Texas Rangers. I believe the previous record holder was Simeon Woods Richardson, which was a few years ago. So, that doesn't seem like it game, should a be pitcher. that long, but uh, I guess it is. Um, yeah. very, very good note there, Dustin. And again, <laughs> phenomenal call. You've, you've been on the trail with this one for weeks now. 
Yeah, and this is a, like it's not like Christian Encarnacion Strand got called up because the Reds suck. This They're guy good. was hitting three thirty one in Triple A. He's yeah. going to hit in the major leagues. I like, should not say the yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Dustin. Well, guys get called up from Triple A that are hitting like. 260 in this day and age you know major league average record is at an our average batting average is like at an all-time low 331 in triple a this guy's going to hit i know he didn't get any hits last night i believe the game got postponed or delayed or something that's why he only got two plate appearances but you'll see him for a while i think in this reds lineup yeah i think the other thing to note is he got called up in a postseason run after the all-star break to a team in contention I mean, they're they're trying to win the NL Central at the DH. (laughs) Like that's that's a big deal. So great great point and on your point, Dustin. Yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome to see. A little bit of sad news here. I think it's really notable and Oklahoma State related though, Cade. Tom Holiday has resigned as the Chatham Chatham Anglers manager due to health reasons. It sounds like according to some. And that's in the Cape Cod League. He's coached out there, I think, since 2017. It's been awesome because he's gotten to coach a lot of Oklahoma State players who go and play in the summer in the Cape Cod League. We see him coach some guys that are coming to Oklahoma State who haven't been there yet. Like, for example, this year, Xavier Casarilla, the junior, the JUCO transfer. He's out there in Cape Cod with the Anglers. So it's been a really cool relationship. And Tom Holiday also is the TV color commentator for Oklahoma State baseball whenever they're on, I think, pretty much any channel, any ESPN broadcast, except if it's officially like on ESPN in the postseason or something like that. You'll have Tom Holiday and Dave Hunziker. It's, it, he didn't really give a lot of info in his release, but he said he's stepping down. It sounds like he's stepping down for good. But I think it's notable, you know, he's 70, 70 years old. Will he be back? I obviously wish him all the best with health and everything. But as far as Oklahoma State's concerned, will he be back on TV? Yeah. Kind of giving the insight that he gives. It's pretty unique to have the dad of not only your current coach, but a former volunteer coach. And he also coached at Oklahoma State. Yeah. So could, could give a lot of good insight, especially the fact that he knows a lot of these guys from the Cape Cod League. Sad to see, but we'll keep an eye on it. And hopefully he's back on TV next season with Dave. Yeah, I think the only thing you can say is that you just hope the best and you hope it's not too serious and that it's, you know, a a, a step ahead of whatever they were concerned about, whatever Tom was concerned about. I mean, he's he's outstanding on broadcasts. He's he's a wealth of stories. And I always t- I always appreciate so that on a on a <laughs> Sunday afternoon uh, with nothing else going on in, in April. Absolutely. I love it. 100 percent. All right. MLB draft. So I think I gave a wrong date previously. So apologies for that. I believe every club has until 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, July 25th to come to terms with their draft selections. I think it's as long as. If the, if the player has no college eligibility left, I don't think it matters. That's for underclassmen. At this point, Juan Rots Brown, Rock Riggio, Brian Hendry, Ethan Bosacker, that's the Xavier transfer, and Isaac Stebbins have not come to terms. Really, the only two people that have signed are Marcus Brown with the Nationals and Noel McClain with the Mets, who have said they are going to let him hit and pitch to start his career. So that'll be interesting to watch. 
and then obviously the two undrafted free agent signings of Baden Root and Chase Atkinson. Kate, I, I think Watts Brown, Riggio, they obviously have the leverage power because they're underclassmen. I think they're both gone. I think Hendry's probably gone too. I, I was actually surprised he got drafted yeah. as high as the 10th round. The ones that I'm keeping an eye on are Ethan Bosacker in the 13th and Isaac Stebbins. If those two come back, I feel really good about this Oklahoma State team next season. If they don't, I'm a little bit worried because I think Bosacker is a guy you instantly insert into your weekend rotation, and Stebbins is your ace out of the bullpen, your main guy, whether that's in a closing or long relief role. Yeah, 100%, Dustin. I I think that that one surprised me. Um, but again, we, we, we've talked about this kind of for the last – month or so there are critical openings that we felt like were coming middle of the defense and and this one was never a surprise bullpen i mean you had to have it and you probably needed another guy to plug into your weekend lineup um i I don't i still don't feel like the situation has changed so uh you know you hope these guys go get the money that they want that's going to make them happy but oklahoma state's problem hadn't been fixed i don't think yeah, I, I agree. Uh, two more, quick note, two more entries or one entry into the transfer portal and Oklahoma State has one incoming from the transfer portal and the portal is closed for baseball. I'm sure we'll still hear some news. They could still pick up some guys, but it closed, I think, on the 13th. Noah Turley entered the portal. He's the former Arizona transfer. Only 14 at-bats last season. Big power hitter, just never really saw the field. So he's gone from Oklahoma State. And I haven't seen this reported anywhere, but D1 Baseball added it to their transfer tracker, I think, yesterday. Thomas Molsky from Penn State. He's a right-handed pitcher. Last season, he had 15 appearances, six starts, a 7.17 ERA, a 3-4 and four record, 42 innings pitched. He had 36 strikeouts, 32 walks. I think this is more of a kind of bullpen arm just to kind of add to the depth there in the pin. I wouldn't expect this guy to be in your weekend rotation or anything like that. Maybe see him on the weekday some, but I think this is a guy that Josh and Rob probably wanted to grab and see if they could develop a little bit, saw something they like because he's still a pretty young yeah, guy. I, I like it. I think you'd, you'd definitely take it in this regard. What did we just talk about? Pitching. <laughs> I think you'd take it. Yeah, and then a couple of just real quick notes. The Calgary basketball has hired a new strength coach, Dan Apodaca. He was previously at Rhode Island. He's had stints at Florida, South Alabama. So J.C. Hoyt just continuing to make that staff and program and team her own. Stratton Nolan, former Oklahoma State golfer, has been named an assistant coach for Alan Bratton's team. I believe he actually wasn't coaching at all last season he was a he played professionally for a few years and then i think he was in just you know the normal workforce but now he's coming back to coach a little bit so that'll be cool to have a formal former poke on staff with coach bratton and then kate i wanted to sign it off before questions just to you know thoughts and prayers out to julius crossland's family former oklahoma state fullback passed away suddenly I think they've, they're doing an autopsy. I've seen several people report heart attack, but I don't think that's officially been reported. He was a big-time piece of Oklahoma State football from 2003 to yep. 2007. He was there my first season or my first year 
with Oklahoma State my freshman year. So I remember he was kind of the go-to guy down by the yeah. goal line. <laughs> he had like 23 touchdowns or something in his career. Really sad news from all the support that he's gotten and you know nice things that people have said about him. It seems like he was a really great guy and sad to see him die so young at the age of 39. Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing it up, Dustin. I uh, This one uh, hit home a little bit. I remember as a kid, I mean, you said 2003 to 2007, so that's 8 to 12 for me. And I've talked about when my affinity for Oklahoma State started. It was right around then. I, I literally remember my brother and I in the front yard being Julius Crossland. So, uh, awesome. yeah, I mean, this one uh, was definitely uh, – Hit, hit me a little closer to home and, and 39 is just simply too young. So, uh, you know, of course, as you said, thoughts and prayers out to him and his family. And um, yeah, he was, he was a good cowboy, man. Uh, lots of lots of good highlights that you should go back and and relive. If you have not, there's a great one of him in Nebraska just barreling through for a first touchdown in that game when they went up there in 07 and destroyed Nebraska. He was just kind of a force to be reckoned with. So thank you for that, Dustin. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure Oklahoma State will do some kind of tribute to him this season, so that'll be cool to see. Kate, I think we're ready to move on to questions, and we have one audio. If we do. Are you uh, good pulling that one up? I, I've got it right now, Dustin. Um, you know we love the audio questions. Yeah, thank uh, you so much for sending that in. We love questions of all shapes and sizes and varieties, but we do love the audio. So here we go. Here's one. Hello, uh, this is Michael Harris. Been listening to you guys for about a year. You guys do a great job. Uh, my, I just placed a bet on Oklahoma State making it to the Big 12 championship, actually winning it. Uh, it's a pretty good payoff. Uh, but I'm just curious what you feel like the chances of them reaching that championship game if, for instance, um, Bowman uh, gets hurt, similar to Spencer Sanders' last year and, and, and can't play uh, a majority of the games. I think I know your answer, but just want to hear from you guys. Thanks. Always love it when a, and a listener that has never called in before calls in for the first time. Michael, thanks for doing that. Um, Dustin, I'll take a crack at it. I, I think if Alan Bowman goes down, I think Garrett Rangel is in better shape than he was last year to resume responsibilities at that, at that role. Um, I don't think the drop-off is nearly as steep. I also think you have got to factor in everything else that was going on around Spencer Sanders, the the injuries to the offensive line, the wide receiver room getting thinner by the week, and the defense just continuing to uh, underwhelm and and navigate injuries. I is a perfect storm last year. I think the program could probably withstand a quarterback injury this year better than last. But to specifically answer your question, I don't think they have a shot at it if if Garrett Rangel is your quarterback for longer than and and take that the way I mean it. It's it's not a knock on Garrett Rangel. I just unless he comes in and shows a Mason Rudolph like leap, um, I don't see how they get to Dallas with with that route. Yeah, kid, you laid that out perfectly. I actually don't have a ton to add. And thank you, Mike, so much for that question and for the kind words. We really appreciate it. I think, like you said, Garrett Rangel's in a better spot than he was last year. But if you're saying, let's say Alan Bowman goes down game two. Right. They beat Arizona State. 
They beat Central Arkansas. They got to play South Alabama, who I've talked about on here. 10 wins last year, and they returned literally like their entire team. So that would be tough. The Big 12 slate would be tough. If the offensive line stays healthy, if the receivers stay healthy, if somebody... And, you know, those two aren't, I don't think, are as big of questions as, you know, somebody's got to assert themselves as a number one running back. And Brian Nardo is in his first year as defensive coordinator. So the Allen Bowman being there and being experienced and having a good offseason is the one thing that's making me optimistic about that. Or not the one thing, but one of the main things that's making me optimistic about this team so if you pull him away, I'm definitely not as optimistic as you said. So I think it would be tough. I think obviously there's still a shot. I think Rangel is a really good quarterback, but I think it'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Michael, thanks for the question, man. Appreciate it. So Kate on the Twitter questions, we actually almost have like the reverse of that question. From oh, our yeah. guy Zach Crow. He's at Z underscore a underscore c underscore 98 zach thanks so much zach has sent in a few questions i think i missed his last week as well so zach thanks for sending this he says i'm sure y'all gotten this question before and we literally just did (laughs) what is y'all ceiling floor predictions for football this year ceiling being that bowman stays healthy offense finally quit clicks and the defense is pretty solid floor everything that went wrong last year goes wrong and more so, Kate, I, I can take a stab at this one first since you just took that one. If ceiling, if Bowman stays healthy and the offense is clicking, if the defense is just okay, I think Big 12 championship game is your ceiling. Am I wrong there? No, I, I, I totally agree with you. If everything goes wrong that went wrong last year, offense, the defense isn't able to stop the run, offensive line has health issues, just health issues in general. I think, man, with the de- with the depth you have on this team, this current team, I think four wins. If all of that happens, oh, I, I think God. definitely missing a bowl game. Yeah, you you scared me, but I don't think I have really anything to. I mean, change about that. I mean, if if this year goes the way last year did, yeah, I think it's a four win team. <laughs> If they overachieve, I think they could get to the Big 12 title game. I, I absolutely agree with that. So that means yeah, they're going to win eight games, Dustin, is what we're saying. Bill Conley, you know, that does the S&P predictions, he put that, I think it was, you know, a month or so ago, that tweet out about how Oklahoma State has like a 10% chance, to, according to his algorithm, his analytics, Oklahoma State has a 10% chance to win 10 games and a 10% chance to win five games. Wow. It's like the biggest swing of any team that he did it on that he did the analytics on. Wow. So it's, it's just wild. Nobody knows. There's so many transfers coming in. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm leaning more towards the 10. Well, Dustin, so. I, I think they're going to try to play a lot of close games this year. I think the changes to the oh, offense, yeah. I think the defensive changes you hear Mike Gundy talking about ball control. It's like, Oh boy, strap in for 24 to 19 wins. That's what this It'd is. Be some look quick like. games though. I know. I know. Get after ones. your Saturday for sure. That's one thing we didn't hit earlier uh, on the Big 12 media days. He got asked about the clock change rule a couple times, but he brought it up on his own a couple oh, times, I, too. He's going to be he using that clock. Absolutely. So, uh, our guy, Flash, at Ryan Flash Puller, asks, and thanks so much, Ryan, for the question. He says, who do you expect to have the most carries this year running back? Seems like everyone is expecting Nixon to start, but Ollie and Elijah Collins both have too much talent to keep off the field. 
Cade, let me give you, I'm going to throw it to you, but let me give you one stat. Ali had 62 carries last year to Nixon's 46. And then let me kick that question to you. I don't, I, I appreciate the sentiment. I think Jaden Nixon had the, maybe the better overall year last year. Would that be fair? I don't think yeah, he's I think starter. So. I don't think he's your day one starter. I think Ollie Gordon is that. Um, I think the bigger question is what does number two look like? Is it Elijah Collins or is it Jaden Nixon? I, I actually can't even guess if I was leaning. I think you go a little thunder and lightning, little Ollie Gordon, Jaden Nixon, Elijah Collins, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think Ollie's got the keys. And Ryan, it's it's such a good question because we think pretty much every year Oklahoma State's going to do some kind of not running back by committee because the running backs are bad. But maybe we thought that a little bit last year. They just there wasn't that number one guy. But we always think they're going to spread the carries out more than they end up right. doing. You know, Dominic Richardson took a bulk of them last season until there were some injuries there. I just think, and I know Justice Hill is a similar size to Nixon at 5'10", 185, but the way Justice was able to avoid contact almost, you know, I, I hate comparing people to Barry Sanders, but almost Barry Sanders, like with the with his agility at the college level, Nixon has the speed, but I don't think he has the wiggle like, like a Justice Hill yeah. did, and he's going to take some big shots, and if you rely on him with that many carries... I think you're doing yourself as a team and a coaching staff a disservice because if he takes too many hits with that frame, he is going to get injured. I think for sure it's going to be spread around this year. I, I truly think it will this year. But at the end of the season, I think Ollie Gordon kind of becomes that number one guy. Now, at the practice I was at, I was at all three of them kind of looked the same which makes me even feel more like they're going to do some kind of running back by committee. So yeah, that actually, when you said that is one of the main concerns I have about this year is that they may not have a, a running back. I think everybody thinks Ollie Gordon's going to be that guy. Hasn't necessarily done it. Granted he's been on campus one year, like let's, let's give him a chance, but yeah, you saying that they all kind of look the same was not, the thing I wanted to hear, I guess. <laughs> it was, Again, I was just at one practice. Right, so right. I, I heard that Ollie had looked really good. Some of the other ones. So love the question though. That's a, it's a great topic for debate there. Our next one, another great question from Joshua Hawkins at J seven Hawkins. He says, and this is our last one as well, Cade. He says, we're nearing the end of July and there hasn't been any staff announcements for Cowboy baseball following the departure of, of Sealy former recruiting coordinator and assistant coach for Oklahoma state. Are we promoting in-house or are we swinging and missing on talented coaching candidates? So, okay, here's the thing with that. If you don't mind me taking it, they're adding the third full-time assistant, but you have to think about this as well. They've got Rob Walton. There's one Jordy Mercer just came back as a student assistant. He can't be a student forever. So I'm assuming that they're going to promote him. So there's two of your spots. And then you have Robin Ventura as the volunteer. So I mean, this is a former major league manager who had a pretty good run as a manager in the major leagues. One of the best college baseball players of all time. If he wants to, I think you give him that third spot, right? I, and then, I, yeah. then you're full. There's three people right there. So I, I wonder if they're trying to still figure out 
if Robin and Jordy want to be full time, you know, Jordy just retired from playing in the majors like two years ago, a great career he had in the major leagues. So I'm wondering if they're still trying there, but they, to your point, Josh, they could be swinging and missing as well, but I did just want to bring that up. And also Cade, while we're talking about baseball, breaking news, another transfer addition for the Cowboy baseball team, another pitcher. So, Cade, there hasn't been a big splash as far as pitchers, but at least they're adding pitchers, which is what you and I asked for. Aaron Weber, right-hander, 6'4", 222. Cade, just please guess where he's transferring from. It's what what we criticize when it goes the other way. Oh, oh, he's coming from OU? Yeah. This is an OU guy. He had no appearances, 18 innings pitched last season. A young guy. I think he's a true sophomore. Edmund guy as well. He's I think he may have been at a junior college before. I don't have a ton of info on him right now. I think it's another development piece there in the bullpen, but because we're hypocrites, Cade, we we welcome the OU transfer. We just don't like them going out. We have owned that too, by the way. Yeah. Like I have we have both said we welcome, you know, uh poaching OU's players in this 100%. era. 100%. <laughs> we just don't want it the other way. It's different. <laughs> Dustin, I'll also say one last thing on the on the uh baseball coaching um question we just got. You're missing an obvious candidate for that role. He was in Stillwater this last weekend. We don't know if Doug Gottlieb did an interview for Doug that Gottlieb. Role. He could be there, recruiting coordinator for baseball. Hey, That's I'm, what I'm that. Yeah, he loves Stillwater. Doug Gottlieb is now the new kind of hot name for any coaching vacancy that opens up in any Oklahoma State sport. It is the perfect tongue in cheek response. Hire Doug Gottlieb. Need a new president? Doug Gottlieb. Need a new parking yeah. director? Doug Gottlieb. Here's what I will say. They're going to land a baseball guy in in less like say if they don't get Jordy and Robin, like Robin wants to stay as a volunteer or something like that. Whoever they land, unless you're super locked into college baseball, you're not going to know who it is. I'm not going to know who it is because I don't think it's going to be someone from a big name school that switches from their assistant coach job to an Oklahoma state assistant coach job. I think it would probably be a lower level up and comer guy. Yeah. Don't you? I, I do think so. I, I don't think that that's what they're going to do. I, I side with your original thought, Just elevate Robin Ventura into that, you know, role and call it a day. So, yeah, I, I think they're at, I think, I, I think I may have seen this on like a message board or something. So it may, I, I doubt it's true. But I think I've seen that they've already promoted Jordy. So oh, well, then there, there would go. only be one spot yeah, left. Yeah, then they're so. basically done. So Yeah, so we'll see. But, Cade, that's all we got, guys. Thanks so much for the questions. Again, next week, probably won't do questions. We probably It probably will be short. It might even be a little chaotic, but we'll get it out there. We're going to do it. I'm skipping church for it, so you know it's real. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. Um <laughs> Dustin, great show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to passing the off-season time with you uh, every week and hope you guys enjoy it as well. So if you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and if you're still on it, threads, because I don't know anybody that's using it, at feelslike45pod. You can follow Dustin at Dustragu, and you can follow me at Cade Webb. We will see you guys back here next week. Go folks.